This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swing and a drive! There's a shot! High drive! Out of here! This laser beam of a home run for Brandon Crawford. First home run of the year for the Giants, and it's Joey Bart. Is. Challenger strikes out swinging. Bang! And a miss. He struck him out. What a performance from Logan Webb tonight. Camilo Doval gets the save. Inside Giant Moments. Yastrzemski. Gone! And late night Lamont strikes again. Belt was all over it. The captain. Great call, Parker. With Adam Copeland. Welcome back into the Inside Giant Moments podcast. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. A very special episode today as we head to the offseason. Our final episode of 2022. Newest member of the Giants front office, Pete Patella, the general manager, is going to join us uh, to talk about uh, where he came from, his background, coming over from the Houston Astros, who, by the way, won the pennant on Sunday and are headed to the World Series against the Phillies. Uh, fourth time they've headed to the World Series in six years. What was it like working with Dusty Baker? Uh, what are the challenges that he faces with trying to get this Giants uh, organization and this roster back into the the postseason and build a sustainable product that's going to help uh, help them try to beat down the Dodgers for years and years to come. All stuff that we'll talk about with new Giants general manager Pete Patella right here on the Inside Giant Moments podcast. It's a pleasure to welcome the newest San Francisco Giants member of the front office. Uh, the new general manager Pete Patella joins us here on the Inside Giant Moments podcast coming on over from the Houston Astros organization to take the job as general manager. Pete, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Adam. Uh, it's a whirlwind couple of weeks for you, I imagine, uh, and not just uh, because you're, you're now a new general manager for the first time, but you, you come across the country, join a new organization, and the team you were just with has a 2 nothing lead in the ALCS right now. So imagine a, a whirlwind of emotions for you last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. I think it helped to get out here quickly, um, flew out Wednesday morning, stayed through the weekend. So it's been good to kind of dig in a little bit and get to know everybody. Yeah, you had an opportunity to, to cruise around San Francisco or around the ballpark at all yet? Yeah, I uh, cruise around the ballpark a little bit, and uh, we're having a rookie camp right now um, here at Oracle, so I've gotten to see some of the facilities in action and meet some of those players and staff, so that's been nice. And, uh, yeah, I spent the weekend, um, checked out a, a few different parts of the town, so uh, it's a beautiful city. Well, good, dude. Welcome. Uh, glad to have you here, and uh, if you need any recommendations on, like, late-night burritos or, uh, or pizza spots in North Beach, I'm, I'm your guy. Uh, you, you think that through during the interview, and we'll – We'll get back to that. You mentioned the rookie camp you guys are doing. Do they still do the thing where they make the rookies like run the, the steps, make them run up in the, the upper deck? So they actually um, did a run across the Golden Gate Bridge and then down to uh, Baker Beach yesterday morning. So, Yeah, you're not getting that in a lot of parts of the country. Uh, if you're a rookie, right, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good gig. Hey, we're running the Golden Gate and then, and then going to the beach after uh, as part of your camp. So t- tell me a bit about yourself, man. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get involved in working with the Astros front office. I saw you were there for, for over a decade. You had many different roles. Uh, tell us uh, first about yourself a little bit, your background, and then and then how you made that jump into to the baseball front office. Yeah, so I grew up in southwestern Pennsylvania, about 60 miles south of Pittsburgh. Um, I'm, a, I'm a twin. I have one twin brother and two older brothers. Um, attended Carmichael's High School. It's a real small town, um, sort of your classic you know, two stoplight town, 5,000 people. Um, everybody knows everybody. It's a great place to grow up. And um, 
from there, I went to West Virginia University and uh, majored in sports management. And from there, yeah, I worked for the athletic department for the baseball team and had a, a range of different internships. And um, my senior year, I was lucky enough to get an internship with the Houston Astros in uh, baseball operations as their baseball ops intern. And uh, I actually graduated while I was still an intern and uh, was hired on uh, full-time after about eight months. And, uh, you know, from there, I, uh, the company changed a lot. The organization changed a lot and um, was able to uh, stay on and just really learn from the people that I worked with and um, grow in that role um, to get to where I am now. So you mentioned you grew up uh, uh, close to Pittsburgh there. You got the baseball operations intern. Tell, tell me what an internship for a baseball operations looks like. What, what, it seems general. It seems broad. We all hear about it. You know, Farhan's the president of baseball ops. It's become a new role across baseball. It used to be a lot of times just general managers and then the owners or the ownership group. And now we've sometimes got these stepping stones. The former GM, Scott Harris, just left to take that role in, uh, in Detroit. What does that mean to be a baseball operations intern? Yeah, so back then it was uh, it was a pretty small operation, um, but the role was, was generalist, as you described, and it would range based on the baseball calendar. So when it was spring training, you would be at the spring training complex helping with administrative duties related to player development. And as the draft um, approached, um, shift gears into helping with administration there. And, um, and then same thing with the tra- trade deadline and free agency. So um, got to see a few different areas, um, different perspectives, but largely focused on the administrative side. So uh, an eclectic background within the organization. I saw you had some other roles. Did, did you work in the video room as well or, or video replay stuff? I was trying to read into some of your backgrounds and the other roles you had because you spent a long time there in Houston. Uh, what other parts of the organization did you work in and how did it pertain to, to on-field success or, or uh, player acquisition stuff? Yeah, so I started as the intern, and then I was an assistant, which is essentially just full-time version of the that journalist role. Um, from there, I was promoted to coordinator and um, picked up the duties of working with our advanced scouts, um, coaches and players in the clubhouse, um, along with doing the video replay um, during games on the road. So in 2014 and 15, I traveled with the team full-time. And right about uh, around that time is when we started to get a lot more information that we help we thought could help our players, um, mm-hmm. not just your you know information on on base percentage, slugging percentage, you know some of the classic stats, but things that were a bit more granular. You know the shifting information was something that obviously that's going to go away now. Um, we started integrating some of those things with the coaches, but then I think the big break came when we had um, tracking data, ball tracking data, and we could start to understand not just that a pitcher was. Uh, not striking enough hitters out, but potentially what the drivers of that were and, and potential ways to help that player improve, um, whether it was a pitcher or a hitter. Um, and that really, I think, changed the game a lot because it went from just having top-level performance statistics to having some information that was related to how a, a player could actually improve. So I worked with the coaching staff in our analytics department um, to sort of bridge the gap um, while I was in the clubhouse. And then from there, based on some of the successes we had, um, we started doing this more widely in the minor leagues and the major leagues, you know, introducing players to this information as soon as we signed them and drafted them. So um, I think Colin McHugh was one of the, the first big um, successes. He was uh, claimed off of waivers, put on waivers twice. And, um, you know, he made a, a, a usage adjustment and, you know, location strategy adjustment. His first game, he had uh, 12 strikeouts and all the credit goes to him. I mean, players play, but um, I give him a lot of credit for being open-minded and he's had a ton of success since then. And um, yeah, I think that was 
those sorts of stories open people's eyes to the fact that players are actually open to anything that could help them. I think the narrative going into that point was that players weren't going to want to have anything to do with the info. They weren't going to understand it. And uh, we found that to just not be true. So we try to expand that across the system. It's funny, man, you and I are the, are, are the same age. And so we've sort of watched and, and you being, you know, hands on with this stuff in an organization. I feel like we've watched the game evolve sort of in real time, right? From the time that we were kids, we watched the, the, the home run chase with McGuire and Sosa. That, then you get up into the, the end of the Yankee era, then the 2005s and 10s start and, and they're off and running. And the, the evolution of how we look at stats, because you're right, I think for, for a long time, we just had the numbers and we said, those are the numbers. Now it's about finding out why those numbers happen. And I, I think it's a good point to make about Colin McHugh, because I think there are are a handful of sort of reclamation projects the Astros have had over the years, especially with pitching. And the Giants have done the same. Guys like Kevin Gossman uh, coming in, Anthony Disclafani having their best years here, and so identifying what it is that makes a player unsuccessful, and then how do you apply the opposite to that to make him successful? And I think it's a good asset to have, and I think it's a good fit for the organization, Pete. Yeah, definitely. I think the data just keeps getting more and more granular. You know, we have motion tracking data to track, you know, the players' joints so you can see, you know, different ways that they move on the field. There's data that's produced in the, um, in the weight room, sports science data, things like that. So um, it really, it's not about the data. It's just about making good decisions um, for the players. And sometimes it, it it just involves someone using their eyes and their judgment and intuition, but um, where we can track things and study um, that information, you know, we'd like to do that to make sure we're making good decisions for the players' careers. So I don't, I don't want to hit like a childhood nerve or anything, but were you a Pirates fan? Did you grow up a Pittsburgh Pirates fan? Yeah, I did. Who's your guy? Like Brian Giles, Jason Kendall? Uh, g- give me, give me some of your guys. I was a big Jack yeah. Wilson guy. Yeah, Jack Wilson, the infielder. You must have liked Freddie Sanchez too before the Giants got him, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, there yeah. some uh, fun teams um, went through there, and I, I grew up uh, with a, a, a great respect for uh, Roberto Clemente, who's my dad's idol. So we always stopped by the statue before every game and and whatnot. So um, yeah, it's pretty cool to see how big of a, a figure he's become in the game. Yeah, it's great. I love that we, we do Roberto Clemente Day now and recognize him and his efforts for, uh, for, for you know, global help and, and helping our communities. Uh, uh, 3,000 hits for Roberto Clemente. It's a great statue, too. Anybody who hasn't been to PNC, they've got the dirt from, like, different fields he played at uh, out in Puerto Rico. It's, it's a cool, uh, cool ballpark. Uh, so, so once you got into baseball and in working with a baseball team with the Astros, was the goal always to become an assistant GM and, the, and then a general manager? Is that kind of where you wanted to go with, with your, your goal in, in getting hired here out of college? I don't think I looked at it like that. I, I think I really just took it more day to day, just um, try to see how I can, how I could contribute um, to the team. And um, I think one big thing was just sharing ideas and learning from people around me. Um, I think it's one of the neat things about baseball front offices now is that you have a pretty eclectic mix of people um, with different backgrounds and educations and whatnot. And um, it's, it's a lot of uh, fun conversations about, uh, different ways that we can either acquire better players or help our players. And um, I think that's been a key is just staying curious and learning from coworkers around me. And I think at this point, I have a pretty good feel for all facets of the operation and some of the opportunities that might exist. Uh, what made the Giants an attractive place uh, for you? What, what do you think of this organization? Uh, again, you were in Houston for a long time. Uh, the outlook obviously had much success years ago, but lately sort of in a bit of a, a turnaround or a, or a transition here into to sort of the new phase of baseball and great success in 2021 and sort of back to, I mean, really uh, back right in the middle there at 81 and 81 this past year. Uh, what made this an attractive place for you? Yeah, I think the opportunity to work with Baron, um was attractive. Um, I got to meet the team here and, 
immediately they came off as a um, very s- smart but humble group um, who was hungry to to improve in any way possible and um, <clears throat> really also the investment in the the organization from ownership whether it's um, into the payroll or into facilities and staff and uh, the things that we think we we can do to help acquire better players improve players um, that doesn't exist everywhere and it's very strong here um, so that's that's very attractive and then you know the roster itself I think Farhan and, and Scott did a good job um, you know putting together a team that doesn't have any um, any big gaps in terms of depth and I think that's that's the type of team you want to have because when you add to it you know you see results pretty quickly so um, those things all um, together and I think the cherry on top is it's a it's a, a great city to live in as well but um, you know it's focused on the organization I think there are a lot of um, very positive signs here. Yeah, great classic organization. Where we say it's a class organization, and uh, it's cool. The guys who hang around, the former players that are always around, uh, hands-on stuff. I mean, it's it's incredible how much we get to see Hall of Famers hanging around the ballpark. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. All right, I want to know because I'm sure other people have wondered. You just left the Astros, and then they make it to the LCS, right? They're they're, they're two wins away from the World Series, uh, heading into into the weekend. It's a huge opportunity, obviously, for you to take the role as general manager. But how tough was it for you to leave a team that you've been with for like a decade plus? And by the way, you helped assemble right in the middle of a play off run i imagine there's there's some mixed emotions there right yeah i think it i think it hit me officially that i wasn't working there when uh, alvarez hit the home run in uh, game one of the ds um you know very happy for them i think there's a lot less nerves watching the games but um no there's definitely uh still a connection there and um a lot of the players reached out and gave their congrats and that that meant a lot to me so um you know definitely um rooting for them but uh yeah, it's, it's a it was a quick transition coming out here. And like I said, I think coming out here physically, being able to get engaged with everybody in person um, really helped. But, yeah, it's definitely odd to be in a meeting and, and see the game on in the background uh, on a TV. So hopefully we yeah, it was electric, man. And again, I, you know, that, that team has assembled great. I, I was looking at the, the World Series team from a few years back, and, and you look at, you know, who was replaced. Michael Brantley turns into Kyle Tucker. Uh, George Springer leaves. You've got Jordan Alvarez. Marwin Gonzalez is gone, and Carlos Correa are gone, and, and here comes Jeremy Pena, who's like a, you know, not a carbon copy, but it's a, it's a damn good replacement. Hit 22 home runs this year and is having a great postseason. I look at the Dodgers sort of the same way as obviously the cream of the crop in the National League. When you look at, at, at sustainable success, what do you think is the most important thing in trying to build a product or, or an organization? What's the philosophy behind trying to have success, not just in this year and going out and winning a championship, but building it over the course of a decade plus, like we saw in the 90s with the Braves and even with the Astros now and, and the Dodgers as well? Yeah, I think it uh, all starts with um, having homegrown players. Um, that gives you um, the potential to, to obviously develop stars develop talent but also gives you the flexibility to add to that group when you need to um, e- even if you had the biggest payroll um, sometimes free agency you might not have exactly what you need to, to better the team so I think um, I think getting the, the players internally and building that core that way and then making those trades and free agent acquisitions to kind of put you over the top is is a great way to do it um, just so that you have um, flexibility on the roster uh, just one more thought on, on what's going on uh, with, with the Astros. How cool is it working with Dusty Baker? I mean, that was that's my childhood manager here in San Francisco. I've always rooted for Dusty. He's taken every team he's ever managed to the playoffs. It's, by the way, the team I'm rooting for to win the World Series because, A, I ain't rooting for the Yankees, and, B, I'm not rooting for any team in the National League to, to go out and win a World Series. So I'm like, get my guy Dusty a ring. How, how was it getting to work with him? How cool was that? It was great. I mean, uh, he just has 
so many different stories. He's met everybody in the game, even outside of the game. He's such a big figure. So um, it's great to just hang out in his office and and chat and hear his perspective on things and hear some of the stories that he has. So it you know it was a real pleasure and um, definitely rooting for him to get his uh, get his ring. I always think about him as like the Forrest Gump of baseball. He's like on deck when Hank Aaron passes Babe Ruth. He's uh, he's there for he's the manager of the Cubs in the Steve Bartman game. Like it's so funny that the roles that he's had all over baseball uh, and and multi-time manager of the year. So uh, a great uh, great manager. It'd be cool to see him win one. So I, I don't know if a lot of people know that you actually interviewed with Farhan for this position with the Giants before 2020 when Scott Harris was hired uh, before the pandemic season. Uh, what was that process like? And, and what did you think when Farhan called you again to interview uh, after Scott left for Detroit? Yeah, the. Uh... Process um, had me fly out here, and I met um, primarily with Farhan. Um, had some phone calls with um, the ownership group, and then um, continued phone calls with Farhan after I'd gone back to Houston, um, including additional phone calls with some of the department heads. Um, so you know, it was a, a lot of conversations, and you know, pretty much organic conversations with Farhan and some of his staff. Um, I think this time around, you know, got the call. I was obviously excited, um, you know, to have the opportunity again. And um, I think that the main difference was that some of the department heads were involved a little bit more than the uh, the first time around. Interesting stuff, man. I'm always curious about what goes into that, right? Because, you know, everybody, every fan thinks they know which players you can get. Everybody's got their trade ideas or let's go sign this guy. It's not my money. I don't care. Let's go do it. But without giving away too much, what goes into an interview for a GM? Is there organizational philosophy stuff? Is uh, your opinion on the current team, budget allocation? Does Farhan ask where you see yourself in five years? Like when I'm interviewing a, as a college kid at a coffee shop, like I, know, I never know. Tell, tell us what it's like for somebody who hasn't been through this process. What is a general manager interview like? Yeah, um, I think each of them are different. Um, I've gone through a few of them, and um, depending on the organization, um, you know, some of them use executive recruiting firms, and some of them um, do not. I think it all depends on who's who's interviewing you. I think if you're being interviewed by um, someone like Farhan, it probably takes a bit of a different direction versus being um, interviewed by a recruiting firm or or by sure. um, directly by ownership, but. Um, yeah, just a lot of uh, organic conversations and, you know, where you're trying to touch on different different strategies that you have, different things that you might want to want might want to implement. But um, definitely a lot of conversations. So you have to have to like to talk to people. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of uh, getting to know the team while also allowing them, you know, the opportunity to get to know you and ask any questions that they might have. So um, definitely a lot of conversations. It is funny because while you're interviewing, you also want to know this is the right fit for you, that you're going to make this jump and this is the right situation. I mean, getting get, to make this jump from an assistant to, to a general manager is a big move, and it can it can move on to other things higher within the organization as well. So it's, it's funny that there's that back and forth. Uh, you don't have to name names, but in those interviews, do you guys discuss potential free agent signings or, or what you would do to improve in the offseason? Or is that – I also feel like, you know, if, if it's Farhan interviewing you and, and then maybe he goes with somebody else, he thinks, oh, boy, I told that guy from Houston we were going after this player or X player – like you don't want to to give up too much or, or state secrets, but uh, do you guys discuss that stuff in these interviews? Uh, yeah, there's sort of a broad ranging discussion about the roster and players who are out there, and um, I think probably more so centered around um, trying to understand some of the strategies or some of the thought processes on you know how to put put a team together in more of a macro sense, but uh, not too much uh, jumping into specific free agents, but definitely conversation about the existing roster and what the thoughts are there. Um, Cause I think, uh, like I said, a lot of it's just kind of broad level strategy. 
Sure. So, so what's your opinion of the Giants roster now? When, when you do you see areas that need to be improved upon, and and what can you bring to that improvement in the experiences and different roles that you had in Houston? Yeah, obviously we're losing some um, some guys to free agency potentially, and um, there were some areas that were a bit weaker. You know, on the defensive side, we we need to improve there. So, um, there's obviously areas that we can take a look at um, to try to improve, um, whether it's via trade, via free agency, or or any internal guys. Um, I think, um, you know, improving athletically is something that, that, um, cap has talked about a lot. And, um, yeah, I think there was some, some focuses that we had in Houston. I think we can bring here, um, to try to work with the, the, the players and, um, improve a bit there, but yeah, I think, um, you have a good mix of players, some more veteran players, some younger players, um, still cutting their teeth. Um, but I think the main thing is just making sure that they're doing everything we think they need to this off season. Um, and taking advantage of that time to train and then going into the season, obviously we'll get more into, you know, the tactical things, um, approaches in game, but uh, we're actually going through calls now, um, off season planning calls. Um, the team's very collaborative in terms of including strength and conditioning, um, nutrition, mental skills, biomechanics, the hitting coaches, pitching coaches, all of the group getting together, discussing, um, their thoughts on, you know, what went well for each player and what are some potential areas, um, for improvement. So those discussions are ongoing. So I think we're all excited to get to, to the, like the off season, off season, the hot stove. It's one of my favorite things. I hate, you know, I hate when baseball season ends. It's, it's uh, you know, everything else for me is just sort of a distraction until baseball gets to come back I get into the NFL and basketball, but I love hot stove stuff over the off season. And I love trade deadline time too. So you've been in these discussions, I imagine, and, and in these rooms and on these calls when, uh, when you're discussing trades, I always wonder how much gamesmanship there is. So, so let's, hypothetically season ends, you, you pick up the phone, you call uh, Astros general manager, James click, you pick it up, you call your, your old guy. And uh, I, I wonder how much chess playing is there? How much gamesmanship? Like, would he be skeptical if you were asking about a certain player to acquire because he knew you liked him when you were there? I just always think about how, how funny and awkward the negotiations can be, even if you've got a good relationship, uh, how, how, how uh, do you anticipate those going down? You think if you had to be on a call with uh, with James? Um, yeah, I, I spoke with James yesterday about um, some things. <laughs> excuse me, unrelated to you know trade, but uh, you know I, I think there's definitely um, an element of gamesmanship. But I think also too, I think you have to you know be professional and whatnot, so that you know you you maintain healthy relationships and reputation with people, so they actually want to work with you. Because I think that's one of the uh, I think one, that's one of the main things is to, you know, you're not trying to make anybody look bad. You're, you're trying to work, work to find fits because I think there are a lot of smart people in the game. And, uh, you know, it's about trying to understand which clubs might have um, pieces that, that may be mutually beneficial and whether a trade works. And obviously sometimes trades end up being lopsided and you want to win every trade that you make. Um, but I think there's an element of professionalism there that, that has to be maintained, but there's definitely, um, there's definitely, I'm sure, bluffing and things like that that take place in terms of who you're actually interested in and whatnot. But a lot of teams are um, don't want to don't want to show their hand with regard to how they value their own players. So um, sometimes there's a, a lot of back and forth before you actually get to the names. Uh, in terms of, of other guys on the current roster, uh, guys who stand out to you, maybe Brandon Crawford, Logan Webb. Uh, we, we talked to. Uh, to Gabe Kapler last week about the roster and about, uh, you know, guys making improvements. I thought Logan Webb had an interesting comment at the end of the year when they shut him down. He said, I don't want to be great this year. I want to be great for a decade. You've got Brandon Crawford, who's the all-time great shortstop uh, for the Giants. Tyro Estrada had a really nice year. Wilmer Flores is back. 
for a period of time. I wonder, with some of the guys who have been cornerstones here, where do you see the roster going? I know you mentioned more athletic, and you mentioned there's a variety of younger and older players, but just sort of your thoughts on those guys. What kind of years do you think they could be moving towards? You have to project numbers, of course, but uh, the growth you're hoping to see from some of those young players, and then sort of a bounce back. I think Crawford obviously had like an MVP caliber season in 2021, and 2022 he was banged up a little bit, but just sort of your outlook on some of the guys who have had success here for a number of years and some guys that you're anticipating could be cornerstone pieces for, for the next generation of Giants fans. Yeah, obviously um, Crawford's a huge part of the team and he had a great year in, in 2021. He's been doing it a long time. So I'm, I'm really excited to meet him and get to know him and um, you know, how we can support him. Um, you know, one of the younger guys, Joey Bart, I think he made some nice improvements last year and um, started to turn things around offensively. So um, he's an exciting player, you know, obviously a, a catcher with that kind of power um, is exciting. And, um, you know, there's a, a number of versatile players um, who are able to man different positions and give uh, cap a lot of flexibility with regard to the roster and the, the nightly lineups. And I, I think that's something that can't be overlooked because, um, you know, the ability to put players in a position to succeed is super important. And I think that's obviously a focus that Farhan's had um, with guys being able to play multiple positions and, platoon at times uh, when needed based on the matchups. So um, I, I don't think this team wins 107 games a few years ago without the ability to optimize like that. There's a lot of young talent in the organization uh, throughout the, the minor league system and some names that fans have been hearing about for years. Marco Luciano comes to mind. Elliot Ramos got a cup of coffee this year. And then Kyle Harrison was, was brilliant. Maybe the best uh, left-handed starting pitcher in the minor leagues over the last season. Uh, is there a guy who stands out to you, somebody that maybe you scouted or, or heard about or knew about when you were in Houston that you see, oh boy, he's in this organization and it's you're excited about his future or the prospect of the next couple of years making an impact? Yeah, this past uh, week and a half, I've had the opportunity to talk with uh, Kyle Haynes, the farm director here, and Zach Manazian on the pro scouting side and uh, gotten to know more of the players in the system. And there are quite a few um, intriguing players. I think um, from a pure scouting perspective, uh, Marco Luciano is obviously very exciting. You just don't really see that mix of tools um, from a player, especially one who plays on the dirt. So um, he's a player I'm excited to meet and um, see how he can grow this year. And uh, on the pitching side, obviously Kyle Harrison had some of the best strikeout numbers. And when you look at his stuff and how it's developed out of the draft, um, it's it's hard not to be excited about a player like him. Uh, have you have you talked to any current players, uh, any of the vets, guys like uh, like Brandon Crawford or, or even Logan Webb now? He's been here for a few years. Have you talked to any of them about uh, the organization, introduced yourself, or, or got to know them at all? Not just yet, but it's actually uh, something I discussed with Farhan and the team this morning. I've um, gotten some names from the group and um, would like to reach out to those guys just to, to say hello and start building that relationship. Yeah, Buster Posey would be a good one, too. Yeah, Buster Posey would be a good one too. You figure you're in his good graces. I think I think it goes a long way in this uh, this town. So uh, good stuff. I, I always try to end it with a with a funny one. I know you grew up in uh, outside of Pittsburgh. You were a Pirates fan. Got to know your Giants history though, just a little bit. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some retired numbers at you. Just see see how many you can get. We won't go all of them, but there's a few, and we have a lot of these great ceremonies in San Francisco. I imagine you'll be here for a handful of them. Uh, let's start with an easy one. About 24. You'll see that one all over the ballpark. 24. Willie Mays. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Uh, how about, uh, how about 22? They retired that one this year. 22. Is that uh will the thrill? Will the thrill. All right. If we get a third one, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you fly. Uh, let's go uh, about 27. He's out in the left. He's at the uh, left field gate, the lefty O'Doul gate, big statue. Juan Marichal. 
You got it, the Dominican dandy. Good stuff, Pete. Uh, really appreciate the time. Didn't mean to put you on the spot. I figured, you know, I, I imagine a lot of National League fans from the, the mid-2000s have tried to fry Bonds away after all the damage he did. But he played for your team, so maybe a little love there. It's great to have you in San Francisco, man. I think we're all excited about what the offseason uh, prospects are, and, and we're excited about the prospects in the organization, too. So happy to have you, and uh, thanks for making time for us. I appreciate it. Likewise, and thanks for having me, and uh, looking forward to seeing you again. All right, there you go. Getting to know the newest Giants uh, member of the front office, General Manager Pete Patella, uh, comes over from the Houston Astros and a, and a fun conversation with him just to sort of get to know him as he gets his feet wet here in his first time uh, as a, a general manager of a professional baseball organization. Uh, big thanks to Pete for stopping by and talking to us as we head to the off season. That's going to do it for our Inside Giant Moments podcast for 2022 as we uh, we head to the cold winter. Dusty Baker's back to the World Series. The Astros four times in their last six years now have won a pennant. They'll be taking on on the Philadelphia Phillies. I know people are soured on the Astros. I'm still rooting for Dusty Baker. I got to see my di- my guy Dusty uh, get a, a World Series ring as a player. That would be really, really cool. Make sure you're subscribed to the Inside Giant Moments podcast for when it returns next season. You don't want to miss an episode for 2023. Also, make sure you're following all uh, San Francisco Giants baseball accounts uh, for the organization on social media. Constantly putting out good stuff. Uh, social media videos, inside players' lives, a day in the life of stuff, and they put out such good stuff from all season long uh, with the Giants. Uh, go check it out, uh, of course, at sfgiants.com and uh, wherever you follow the Giants on social media. Thanks so much for riding with us all season long. A big thank you to Anuj, who's helped out uh, the podcast all season long. And, of course, a huge special thank you to Kelsey Rothhouse, our uh, our producer with the Inside uh, Giant Moments podcast. Uh, hopefully be back with you for a, a winning season of Giants baseball in 2023. Until then, everybody, enjoy the offseason. Enjoy the hot stove. Enjoy the moves the Giants make as we prepare for 2023. We'll talk to you soon. Swing and a draw! Home run for Brandon Crawford. This. What a performance from Logan Webb tonight. Camilo Doval gets the save. Is. Yastrzemski. Gone! And late night Lamont strikes again. again. Belt was all over it. The captain. Inside Giant Moments. It's headed for the bay. The third of the night for Jock Peterson. With Adam Copeland. Well, strikeouts and they're on their feet here at Oracle Park for Carlos Rodon. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.